Father, just thank you so much for this day. Lord, man, just thank you. Lord, I just ask that you just, man, speak through me today, Lord. Just allow the messages to hit the hearts of everyone here, Lord, that someone can take something out of this today, God, that they can walk out of here different, whether it's a perspective or a heart issue, just anything, Father, that they can just walk away differently. Lord, I pray that if there is any hard hearts in the room, God, just soften them like Mandy said, just soften them so they can hear you today. Thank you so much. And you're holding me pray. Amen. My name is AJ, if you guys did not know that already. We will be, uh, we will be doing our uh, tribe series next week. We'll be concluding that. So if you guys um, were expecting that today, please come back next week because that will be the last sermon of that series. It's been such a great series. So please come back next week for that. It's going to be great. I'm excited for it. So with that being said, I have a question for you guys. How many of you are sports fans? All right. All right, there's an okay. There's an okay amount of hands there. How many of you are not sports fans? There's like more hands than I can count. Wow. All right, man. Lord, help me. So, <laughs> so let me ask you this. Even, okay, so I think you guys are going to be able to relate to this either way because clearly I'm not just going to sit, stand here and talk about sports. Clearly there's going to be God involved in this. But I think that you guys can still relate to who I'm going to be talking about here in a moment. So who knows the sport of professional basketball? Hey, I think, wait, okay, y'all did not raise your hand. Y'all are lame because y'all are lying. You guys can't, you guys are going to sit here and tell me you don't know the sport of basketball. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, man. How many of you have heard of Michael Jordan? The goat, that's what I hear, I hear the goat. So we're going to be discussing something along the lines of MJ today, but it's actually going to be focusing on somebody that a lot of people don't give a whole lot of credit to. So I want to talk to you guys about the 1995 Chicago Bulls team. Just to give you guys a little bit of background, the record was 72 and 10. 72 wins and 10 losses. I want you guys to think about that for a second. 82 games in a regular season, all right? 82 basketball games, and they only lost 10 times that entire year. Now, just to give you guys a little bit more background, they ended up winning the NBA championship that year, and that was a, I mean, it was a heck of a year for the Bulls. But one thing, and if you guys haven't seen the title yet, if you haven't looked at the screen, it's called Rebound. The reason why today's sermon is called Rebound is because there's a man that a whole lot of people don't talk about when it comes to the 1995 season. His name is Dennis Rodman. Anybody ever heard of Dennis Rodman? <laughs> wow, Dennis Rodman, I hope you're watching this because, you know, I don't know if you'd ever suspect to get, you know, an applause in a church, but you did. So <laughs> I'm going to give you guys some more stats here, okay? Now, in the game of basketball, when they, when, you know, when a team wins and they win by a certain amount of points, they keep those statistics and throughout the season, they give them what they call a, an average margin of victory. So it's how many points per game they won by on average for the entire season. So in this 1995 season that the Bulls had, all right, they had an average margin of victory of 12.3 points. So they were beating teams on average by 12 points. So if you don't know basketball, you know, it's two points for one inside the three-point line and clearly three for a three, right? So they were beating people by multiple possessions per game. I mean, it wasn't even close. They were, they were, just, killing, they were just killing teams, all right? Now, here's where Dennis Rodman comes into play. And again, Dennis Rodman, let me, I guess to give you more, some more background, I'm getting ahead of myself. 
There was two other players that tend to be mentioned before Dennis Rodman. That's who I mentioned earlier, Michael Jordan, and then there's also Scottie Pippen. All right, so those two guys were the carriers of the team. I mean, everyone was like, yo, these guys, that one-two tandem, you can't stop them. It's unstoppable. Again, Dennis Rodman comes into play here. The Bulls' offensive rebounds per game, which means when they took a shot and they missed, they managed to get the rebound back to, to try to score again, was 15.2, which was about, I want to say it was second in the league, in the entire league. They averaged 15.2 rebounds a game. Dennis Rodman averaged about six a game. And if you play basketball, I'm telling you right now, it's hard to get six offensive rebounds in a game. That's very hard, especially at the professional level. This guy was special. So here's the thing. I did some more. You know, I, As I was preparing this, I was going, this is pretty eye-opening. Because even myself can doubt Dennis Rodman. I go, yeah, he was a cool guy. He got some rebounds. But no, he got, he got heckin' rebounds, I'm telling you right now. Because this guy... He managed to put them for 30 extra points per game. Now, I did some more research. The, the Bulls shot 47% as a team. So what that means is as a team accumulative an entire game, they almost, shot, they almost hit almost every other shot. So 50%, right? 47 just below that. So you take a shot, miss a shot. Take a shot, miss a shot, make one. Oh, wait, I said take a shot. Duh. Make a shot, miss a shot. Make a shot, miss a shot, right? So... If you take away Dennis Rodman's six offensive rebounds, that goes down to 18 from 30 points per game, extra points, to 18 points per game. And on 47% shooting, that's only eight extra points. So take away those points, and the margin of victory is just four. It goes from 12 points per game to just four points per game, which, like I told you earlier, now that's only about two possessions instead of multiple. I want you to think about that for a second. We're getting somewhere. I see the minds are turning. For, for you non-basketball folk, you guys don't understand a word I'm saying probably. But so if you take Dennis Rodman off that 1995 Bulls team, there's more pressure on Michael Jordan and Scottie Pippen, right? They can't miss now. They have to make everything. Think about it. That's a lot more pressure on your two top guys, Right? They get all the glory, but Robin's down there going, you guys are missing every other shot. And who gets it? Me. And they even give it back to you so you can score against and get all the glory. Their success probably would not be nearly as high. Now, I'm not saying that Dennis Robin was not on that 1995 team. I'm not saying that they would not win a championship. They might have. But the chances were not as high, and would they have been as great as they were? I don't believe so. Which leads me two points, and this is where you, uh, you non-sports folk, now you guys might be able to understand some stuff. This can relate to us and Christianity in a couple points here. One, we all play a crucial role in the kingdom, the body of Christ. Each and every one of you, if you put your faith in Jesus Christ and you consider yourself a Christian, you guys have an important role to play in the kingdom of God. No matter how big how small, it's all equal, we're all on the same team, right? We need each other. They need each other, the world. I mean, they need us. Man, like I said, I need prayer because it's hard to talk sometimes. Now, going into that, how many of you can feel like you don't really have, like, a purpose? You don't have a skill, you don't have a gift. Anybody have problems with that? 
Yeah, okay. Thank you guys for being honest. I get it. I'm the same way. I know one of my biggest setbacks in life is I can go about life thinking, man, you know, I, 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 I'm sure some of you have been here for a while and you've known me, you've heard me say, like, I don't have any skills. I don't, you know, I just kind of do what I do and I exist, you know, whatever. And then God goes, come on, guy. But um, so I can relate to you guys on that and not feeling like, uh, you know, you, you have a role. But I'm telling you right now, God has gifted you with a specific, a specific, I don't want to say goal, because he's given us all the same mission, but he's given you this, this role, man. And to relate back to the Bulls for a second, if Dennis Rodman was not on that team, it wouldn't have been the same. It wouldn't have been great, right? If you guys are not acting out of your gifts that God has given you, you guys are possibly affecting the possibility of someone else getting to know Jesus. That's a big deal, right? Because what's our mission, right? Our mission is to spread the good news of the gospel to all nations. That is, that, is our, that is the number one goal right there. That is the mission. That is what we're doing. And if you are too busy doubting yourself, if you are too busy thinking, man, I'm not good enough to be doing what I'm being told to do, you're wasting your time. You're wasting everyone else's time. Now, that's just to build you up, right? Tell you guys, hey, you know what? You do have a gift. You are special. God made you perfectly. He knew what he was doing when he made you. That's on one side of the spectrum. The other side, though, is different, which leads me to my second point here. You cannot make excuses for your sin, even the, quote, little ones, because all sin is the same. It is. All sin is the same in God's eyes. I'm going to throw up a verse for you guys. It's James 2.10. Forever, for whoever keeps the entire law and yet stumbles at one point is guilty of breaking it all. Think about that for a second. For whoever keeps the entire law yet fails in one point is guilty of breaking it all. So yes, I told you guys, you guys have a role in the kingdom. God's chosen you to be a part of it, to play a role. But here's the thing. If you guys are too busy doubting yourself, if you're too busy thinking, I'm not good enough, or maybe on the other side, maybe you're thinking, well, I should be, I should be able to do more, or, you know, I'm better than that guy. That's where we have problems. It is. Because people will look at the big sins, right? Sexual sin, drug abuse, alcoholism, all those big ones, right? They'll look at those sins and go, man, look at that sinner. But I'm going to hide my arrogance. I'm going to hide my anger. I'm going to hide my pettiness, whatever you want to call it. All these, all these little, quote, weaselly things that you do. And you hide it because you think it's not a big deal. But in the eyes of God, it's all the same. That's why God's so radical. It's hard to comprehend sometimes because you can take a guy who's murdered somebody, but then you can take someone who's just told a little white lie, and it's the same thing. All sin is the same. So while I'm on that side of the spectrum, that's why we come here. We come here to celebrate what Jesus has done. 
how can you celebrate what Jesus has done if you're not willing to see that you need a Savior? You need one. Which brings me back to how we're all on the same playing, we're on the same level, level playing field. Whew. Romans 3.23. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. I don't know about you guys, but I think all includes, includes me, includes you, 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 every single one of us. So in your moments of arrogance, why don't you remember what Romans 3.23 says? In your moments of even jealousy, right? In your moments of pettiness, remember what God tells us. You can take James 2.10 and Romans 3.23, put them together, and man, you're kind of in a, you're in a spot where you got to be like, you know what, God, you're in control because you've kind of put me in a spot here where, you know, I can try to keep the entire law, but if I do one thing wrong, oh, 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 well, that's it for me. But then also, <laughs> you're saying that's, that applies to everybody. So not only can I not, do, I can only, I, if I do one thing wrong, but then it's everybody too, so everyone's freaking out, right, because of insecurities, because of hurts. You're all sitting there thinking about the idea of like, well, because, well, you know, when I was a kid and this happened to me, well, now I have the excuse to not do this thing. Again, it's an excuse, guys. We can, you know, I don't, wanna, I don't want to take the, that idea and throw it out and say, hey, you know, your pain isn't real because it is. But we can't allow it to run our lives. Earlier, I talked about how we're all a body, right? The Bulls, one team. They needed each other. They all had the role. They accepted the role, and they were successful. It's interesting how the kingdom of God is built so similar in that. We can see that in so many different places, especially sports, which leads me to Romans 12, 4, and 5. Now, we as many have parts in one body, and all parts do not have the same function. In the same way, we who are many are one in body in Christ and individually members of one another. Think about that. We are one many and are one body in Christ and individually members of one another. What do you guys think that means? Think about that. We are one another. We need each other. If we're too busy thinking about all the reasons why we can't do something, we're affecting each other. This is one of my biggest problems in my life. I'm going to tell you right now. I'm, I'm willing to stand up here in front of you guys and tell you that I can be very selfish sometimes. I can be. And I can think about all the reasons why I don't deserve what I do or how I'm going to be a part of a church because I didn't grow up in it. And I can sit here and make all these excuses for myself and say, well, you know, parents did this, or hey, they didn't raise me this way. And I do that sometimes because I am selfish. And in those moments, I care more about how I feel than how I affect all of you. Which leads me back to my point I made earlier. We come here on a Sunday, right? Do we come here to get built up? Yes, we do come here to get built up. We come here to come together as a family, as the body, and celebrate Jesus. But how can you celebrate Jesus if you're not willing to see that you need him? You have to. 
You have to be willing to see that. Swinging back to the other side of the pendulum. <laughs> I like the idea of pendulums. Because <laughs> I'm such, I, <laughs> I use that a lot. If you, if you know the Remnant House guys, you know, they, I use that a lot whenever I'm trying to talk about how I feel. I'm in this pendulum, man. It's one minute I'm over here, and I'm like freaking out. And next moment, I'm, I'm not even thinking about nothing. I'm just swinging everywhere. So I like to use pendulums because I feel like it's very relevant to how we are without Christ. When we're thinking, when we're thinking uh, without him, if that makes sense. I asked this earlier, but, and a lot of you raised your hand. You said, yeah, you got a lot of self-doubt. How many of you can struggle with self-hatred specifically? It's a lot of you guys. I'm with you. That's me. I struggle with self-hatred so much. That's why I doubt myself. That's why, you know, it's hard for me to even come up here and speak sometimes, right? Because I'm like, man, like, I'm not worthy of doing this. I'm not worthy of trying to tell people this important message on a Sunday. They've taken time out of their lives to come here. What do you mean, God? I'm supposed to come up here and do this? It's arrogant, though. I want you guys to think about that, you know, and actually, like, truly let it sink in. Because when I go throughout my life, I know for me, and this, this, is, this is something that has to be told to me so often, but it's so true. I have to be told over and over again, AJ, the fact that you would rather sulk in your bitterness and your sadness and you're in this depressive state that you get in, in this, in this apathy, all these things, the lack of feelings. Do you realize that you are putting a ceiling on God's price that he paid by having Jesus die for you? And I go, dang it. Because it's true. It's a big problem with today's, you know, today's modern Americanized Christianity. We, we glorify self-hatred. We do. We think that if we tell, tell ourselves and make it known to others that, hey, you know, I suck. I suck too. I do, man. I'm not, I don't deserve it. Then we're glorified, right? Well, that's the right, that's the right mindset because then God can work through me. That's not true. It's not. It's a lie. Sorry if I'm all over the place, but this is how it can be sometimes. So if you guys are having a hard time following along, I apologize, but. Um, <laughs> thanks, Juju. <laughs> so, yeah, you know, in those moments, guys, for those of you that raise your hand, I appreciate your honesty because I'm right there with you. But we have to realize that, man, our brothers and sisters are counting on us to be right there with them in the trenches, in what we call the mud, telling people the gospel. Allowing God to actually move in our lives, not taking control of situations by our own self-hatred, by our own self-doubts, right? So pulling this back around to the idea of rebound. You guys are important, man. One thing I want you guys to walk away from today is two things. One, you're loved and you're important and you play a role. And the second thing, you must, you absolutely must understand that the only way, the only way to come here on a Sunday and truly worship God is to recognize that you need a Savior as well. That's why every single week when we have altar time, whether you've been here 
for five years or this is your first time coming today, it's so important that you truly recognize what that moment is meant for, which we're going to be having here in a bit, is altar time. It's meant for you to focus on God and understand how much you need him. That's why we have people up here to pray for you. It's so you guys can get rid of that weight. You don't have to carry it by yourself. So yes, those are the two things I want you to take away from today because you must see both. You can't have one or the other. You can't. If you take, if you take away from today that you're valuable and you're loved without the other side, then you can walk away thinking that I can do it on my own. I'm good. I don't need, I don't need you, Jesus. I don't. You can. And before you think that's not possible, what happens in all the times when you don't, when you don't go to him, you're doing it. And then on the other side, if you walk away from this message and you think, well, I, you know, clearly I need a savior, you know, and I, I'm a piece of garbage, you know, I, I don't have any worth and I can't do anything, anything that, you know, God's called me to do, <laughs> then you're never going to move. You're never going to actually live out what God has, has, has <laughs> he's gifted you. Because that's what it is. It's a gift, what he's given you. So like I said, we're going to have all for time. Mandy's going to come up and play some music. I know this is a lot shorter than usual messages. And I know I was kind of scatterbrained. She's going to be up here playing some music. And like I said, this is a moment where you have a choice to make. You can either take this moment and go, yep, just a basic little message, blah, 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 blah. I'm ready to get some food and go about my day. Or you can actually face some reality. Face some reality and truly look, look at yourself. Realize that you need Jesus. You do. Whether you believe him or not, that's one thing I'm going to do is I will tell you the gospel because I believe that's important. It's the most important message in history. So for those of you who maybe, maybe don't know Jesus, maybe you've been here for a while and you've heard this over and over again, but still, we're going to tell you every time because it's so vital. God created everything. It was perfect. It was good. He granted it good, so it was. He made us in his image, and we walked with him every day in a perfect relationship. Along, those, along that time, we decided that, hey, you know what? Even though God told us not to eat from that tree, we're going to anyway. So we sinned. We, that's when sin was created. And because we sinned, we were no longer perfect. God couldn't be a part of us anymore. He couldn't, he couldn't be in a relationship with us. That takes us to today, where since that moment, thousands of years have went by, and that sin has grown and grown and grown, and it's only gotten stronger here in the world. But here's the beauty. God still loved us the entire time. He loved you the entire time, your whole life. And the reason I can tell you that today is because he did something miraculous. He sent his son, Jesus Christ, to die for you. Jesus was born. He was God-made flesh. lived a perfect life. And then we killed him. 
killed him, spat on him, tortured him. Very painful death. We hung him on a cross. <laughs> and then something incredible happened. <laughs> he overcame death and he came back three days later. And he overcame all of sin. Every sin you've ever committed, every sin that you're going to do, even the ones today, he overcame all of it when he overcame death and came back three days later. Maybe this doesn't make sense to you because sometimes it doesn't to me. I get it. Why would he, why would he send a perfect son? It's because in that sacrifice, he provided relationship with us again. By Jesus dying and coming back to life, he granted us that gap bridge between that gap between us and God. So how, if you want that today, if you want to know Jesus, if you want to know God, how do you do that? Well, the Bible says that if you confess with your lips and believe in your heart that Jesus Christ is Lord, you'll be saved. That's it. Don't worry about the rest. Don't worry about your sin. Don't worry about what you did yesterday. Don't worry about what you did today, what you're going to do tomorrow. In that moment when you truly put your faith in Jesus, it's done. Take this time, guys, to reflect, to look in the mirror, look at yourself, and see that you need a Savior today. And when you do that, Come for some prayer, man. Prayer is real. It is. It's powerful. Do not leave today thinking that. <laughs> don't leave the same. That's the problem, right? We hear these messages all the time. I'm guilty of it too. We hear these messages <laughs> and we just go, you know what? I'm just ready to eat some food and go on with my life instead of taking a moment to truly see that God's speaking to you right now. He's speaking to you all the time. That's the beauty. He wants you to come back to him. Whether you've known him your whole life or you get to know him today, he's been there the entire time waiting for you to come back to him. Take a moment and really see that. I want you guys to be bold. Be bold today. Don't, don't worry about people looking at you. Who cares if you come up here for prayer? You know what I say? <laughs> I say to you that, man, that's someone I want to be like. When I see you walk up here for prayer, that's someone I want to be like because, man, you're taking it serious, and I appreciate that. Do not leave the same way as you came in because if you do, you're choosing to. And gosh, guys. Eternity isn't worth that. Eternity is worth actually looking at yourself. It's serious. I love you guys. Have a great day. Thank you guys for listening. They'll be up here to pray for you. Take it serious.